Well, good morning. Welcome again to Redeemer Church. My name is Thea. I get to serve as a pastor here, working alongside your families as you build and lead a life of faith with your children. And I have to say, it's an awesome job. I'm very, very happy to be with you here today. Um, I'm actually really proud of all of you for making it here on uh, Daylight Savings Time Sunday and Spring Break Sunday. Like Mary Lee said, you all get extra Jesus points. Uh, I'm really, really glad that you're here today. We are wrapping up our series titled White Noise, and we looked at some of the things that can distract us from what's really going on. Some of those, what are those things that are kind of that low buzz that keeps us from hearing um, the truth, keeps us hearing from God, and keeps us from being really connected to God. I hope that you've enjoyed this series. I hope that you've been able to identify some of your own white noise, uh, and I really hope that you've taken some time and some, some steps toward turning some of that white noise down so you can tune in and hear what God has for you uh, and who God knows you to be. This morning, we're going to look at uh, the white noise of crowds, how people can sometimes be that distraction and that thing that pulls us away from who, uh, from what God has for us, from what God has to say for us and how God wants to be in connection with us. Um, and sometimes we may have to learn how to cut through those crowds in order to really encounter Christ. But before we go any further, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Gracious and good God, we come before you this morning with gratitude and with praise. Lord, we thank you for this place. We thank you for this space to come and encounter you, Lord, to, to worship you, to hear from you, to be in relationship with you and with your people. And Lord, this morning we pray that we can continue to turn down the noise around us, that we can push past the distractions, Lord, and just continue to seek you. Lord, we know that you meet us right where we are, and we are just so grateful that you would be a God so willing to do so. This morning, God, we pray that above all, it would be your voice that would speak the loudest, and that we would have a willingness to open our ears to hear you, to open our eyes to see you, and to open our hearts and our hands to love the way that you love our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we're going to start in scripture, Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6. You can find this in your Bible or Bible app. It's in the New Testament. And this is um, from Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus's most famous teachings about how to live in this life in communion with Christ and with one another. And Jesus speaks these words to a crowd on a hill, as he shares uh, some of these things. And I think it's interesting to notice how often crowds show up around Jesus. I have a theory that when Jesus came to town, there was tons of people who, of course, wanted to be healed and wanted to hear what he said, but others just wanted to say, I was there when he came to town. And these are the words that Jesus says to this crowd, Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6. He says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing 
so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the first thing that popped out to me when I was reading this scripture was this natural inkling that we humans have to want to be seen. We want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we really like to be validated in that. We want to be celebrated. We want to know that you like us, that, that we can um, exchange with each other. And this desire to be liked by others, it's, it's natural, it's real. It's probably what helps us be in connection with one another. It helps us be in relationship. It's something that leads us to follow the rules. Even the social customs of you talk and then I talk about something that you talked about. <laughs> this desire to be liked by others will lead us also to be kind to one another. So this desire is, is natural and for the most part, it's good. But Jesus is sure to say repeatedly to not be fooled by this desire to be seen by others, this desire for others to like us and to give us our value and our validation. He says, don't get swept away in the noise of the crowds because let's face it, their ideas of good are often changing. And this is why I think we can say crowds can be a sort of white noise in our life, this distracting behavior. Now let's face it, some of the best things in life come from our connection and relationship to one another. It's family and friends and circles and tribes that I believe are God-given, sources of community and connection that fill this need for us to be in relationship with others. And let's face it, sometimes there are groups of people we find ourselves in that are not so beneficial. I mean, how many of you have a friend group that you come home and complain about after spending time with them? Or you're a part of a social or networking group that's actually way more hassle than help? And how many of you are a part of a Facebook group that is actually way more controversy than actual connection? People, although we are great and wonderful, can sometimes be a noisy mess. And this noise can distract us from who we really are. It can distract us from what we really value. It can distract us from what matters most in life. Being a part of these groups can also lead us to follow our own temptations. They can lead us to do things that are not the best for ourselves or for others or for our family. They can lead us to make decisions that are not the most loving or honorable. So what keeps us? in these noisy and sometimes toxic circles? I mean, why are we part of these friend groups that is just basically gossip? Why do we answer the phone when our worst frenemy calls? Well, on one hand, I think it's most, mostly we have a fear of confrontation. And actually saying this is an unhealthy situation is hard to do. But maybe also, sometimes these groups, even when they're not the most healthy, healthy or helpful, 
feed this desire in us to be needed, to be wanted, to be told that we're good. Perhaps this is why the hypocrites would pray so loudly or, or do a trumpet whenever they were giving so that the crowds of people would say, this person is good, this person is righteous, so that other people would see them and validate them and give them that stamp that says, you are good. Like I said, I think most of us find ourselves a part of circles where we are striving for that validation. Find ourselves amongst groups of people that we would hope like us and like what we're doing and would tell us and we could continue to please them. I mean, if I'm honest, this is a really big group of people I find myself striving to please often. Yes, every single one of you. And while meeting expectations and doing a job that I've been asked to do is one thing, but sometimes we can find ourselves stretching ourselves too thin, bending the rules and, and doing things that we know are not the most best in order to please the people around us. Sometimes when we're in groups, we compromise our beliefs and our behavior in order to win the appeal and the affirmation of the group. And sometimes it's not that serious. <laughs> I love what Dave Ramsey says about American debt. He gives this tip. It says, quit buying things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. How many of us are guilty of that? Striving to keep up with the crowd, buy the things and do the things that everyone else seems to be doing in hopes that we would, again, be validated and, be, and impress these people that sometimes we don't even like or we don't even know, Right? These are those distractions that can keep us from what's really going on and what really matters. And these distractions and this appeal and need to, to please the group can pull us away from what we know our families need, what we need, and what we truly value so that others might think more of us. I think this is happening in social media regularly. While it does feed this internal connection and desire for relationships, it also feeds this, this desire for likes, for more and more people to affirm that who we are and what we're doing is good, right? And the crazy thing is that all of us individually can have an idea that that's not the best and that's not um, what it's designed for and that's not what I should use it for. But the thing about crowds is no matter the individual ideas that are represented in the crowd, the crowd can take on an idea of its own. And once it gets going, it can be really hard to stop. I think this is why Jesus talks to us about the dangers of trying to perform for a crowd. When it comes to our devotion to God, our giving and our prayer, if we pretend like we are on a stage in front of others to validate us and to say that we are good, then anything that we're doing, no matter the, the source of goodness it comes from, it's all just an act. And then it's meaningless altogether. Crowds can often be these things that we strive so hard to please, creating this noise that we need to dial down in order to hear and to see and to be with Christ. What crowds are creating noise in your life? What groups of people 
do you find yourself seeking their validation, trying to keep up with? And how might you turn those down in order to hear what really matters and what God has for you? Now, pulling away from the crowds is actually pretty hard to do. Like I mentioned, Jesus was around crowds a lot in his life. We see repeatedly that crowds meet him when he comes to town. They press on him. They bring him the sick and those in need. They even tear through a roof of someone's house to get to Jesus. And yet, we also read over and over that Jesus makes it a point to get away from the crowds, even his own crowd of the disciples. In Matthew 14, 22, just after feeding a crowd of 5,000 hungry men plus women and children, we read that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. First, Jesus sends his disciples away. Then he sends the crowds home. Like I mentioned with these crowds, we often read that Jesus extends himself and gives way longer than the disciples would would care to enjoy. But even Jesus has a point where he sends the crowds away. It's because Jesus had good boundaries. And after sending these crowds away, we continue to read that Jesus went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Not, Not only do we see him continually sending the disciples away and sending the crowds away, but we also read that Jesus takes time to pray by himself in solitude, away from all the people and all the demands that are continually pressing in on him. And we see that it's in these times that Jesus is refilled and refueled for the great work ahead. Just before I started working here, Redeemer, I was unemployed for about six months. And that was the first time that had happened to me in my adult life. And I was lost with no boss telling me where to go and what to do and expectations to meet. I kind of went crazy. And so I just started filling my day with all kinds of things, including cleaning out cabinets that had never been touched and finding all sorts of appointments to get myself wrapped up in. Luckily, soon I hear God telling me to take this time for him, for me, to rest and to be with God directly. And so I spent the next several months in prayer, long prayers, in reading the scripture for more than five minutes, for studying the scripture and talking about it and praying about it. I got to have some really long lunches and coffee dates with people who really care about me much more than what things I'm able to do for them and got to talk about all the ways that God was revealing to me that it was so much more than just what I was able to do or produce or any title that I could ever have that made me good. I look back on that time now and realize I needed that time alone with God, that time of rest and refueling, because God was preparing me to come and be a part of this community, of helping to launch this brand new community of worshipers. And this work has been amazing and exciting, and it has been work. And I'm so thankful when I look back on those six months that I had, basically just me and God, to refuel and refill and be prepared for this amazing opportunity. 
Stepping away from the crowds is something Jesus did, and it's something he taught his disciples to do. We read later in Mark 6, 30 through 31, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus honors the need and the value in retreat, in getting away, turning down the noise of the demands of our regular lives, and instead spending time with God, spending time in quiet reflection, and being centered on Christ, especially in times of dire situations. We read throughout the Gospels that Jesus practiced this just after he learned that John the Baptist had been killed, and even in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he would be arrested and later crucified. And I think this is why when it comes to praying and giving, that Jesus instructs us to do it in secret, in private, away from others, and in solitude with God. Jesus says directly, go in your room and close the door. Find some time to be uninterrupted and safely with God. Now, don't get me wrong. Prayers here at church are important. Prayers with your family, prayers with your spouse and an accountability partner, and prayers with your growth group. Those are all very, very good. And you need to find that time alone with God to pray. The uninterrupted, where you go in your room and you close the door. And it's there in the secret space we read that God sees you. For what is unseen by people is seen by God. And when I read that, I kind of thought, well, wait a second. Isn't everything seen by God? Yes, that's the point. When we come alone and away from God and we're, we're, in, we're with God in secret, that means we begin to reveal the pieces about ourselves that sometimes we don't even want to reveal. We get down to who we really, really are. Some of those deepest, darkest thoughts, those things that we're too afraid or too ashamed to ever let anyone else know. Not only is God there with us in those secrets, knowing all of who you are, your most authentic and real and unfiltered self, but we also read that it's there in the secret that God will reward you. Now, this is not those extra points you get for being here today, but this is God's interaction and God's involvement in your life. That's amazing. That not only does God want all of us, that deepest, darkest parts that we hide from everybody, including ourselves, not only does God meet us there and call it good, that's where God gets involved. That's where God interacts with us and becomes a part of even those deepest and darkest secrets. We don't even have to try and hide them because God is already there waiting for us. And when we turn down that noise in order to get to that secret place, we can see that God is there. Now sometimes... Pulling away from the crowds, retreating off by yourself, even going into your room and closing the door are just not an option. 
Sometimes there's just a bunch of noise. There's too many people away, around you and getting in the way of what Christ has for you. And so sometimes we have to be willing to cut through the noise to get to Christ. If you attended our Ash Wednesday service a few weeks ago, it was a crowd of families here in worship. And this is Nikki Gage. Uh, She's kind of in the shadows. She's leading our uh, children's message with a crowd of children that evening, uh, which was really a treat. And you may notice that one child in the crowd stands out. Julianne is standing there in the middle, uh, right here (laughs) on the stage. Uh, Julianne is four. She is Nikki's daughter. And she is uh, very kind and loving and most days very shy. And on this evening, amidst this crowd of children craving her mother's attention, wanting to have the answers right for Miss Nikki during the children's message, Julie Ann was craving her mother's attention the most. Julie Ann was not distracted by this crowd of children. She was not phased, and she cut right through that crowd in order to connect with her mom. She answered the questions whether she was called on or not. She made sure she was seen and heard and that her mother's eyes were on her in a very special way. And now this was hard for Nikki, as might be for any, any mom. But this was real. It was honest. You see, Julianne has a natural craving for her creator. She has a natural desire to be connected to her mother just like we have a natural desire to be connected to our creator. And sometimes we too just have to cut through the crowds, forget the rules, forget what we're supposed to do, and connect with God directly, individually. In Mark 5, 24 through 29, we read about another woman who is willing to cut through the crowds to push past the distractions and the annoyances and all the people in order to encounter Jesus. We read, A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. This woman's courage is amazing. This suffering she was experiencing actually required her to stay away from all crowds of people. Yet when she knew Jesus was coming to town, she cut through that crowd. She pushed through in order to barely touch the hem of his garment. She didn't try and send this crowd away. She didn't run to the front and stop them ahead of time. She didn't even climb up in a tree and try to get Jesus' attention. She cut right through the crowd through the noise and all the pressure around her, in order to encounter Christ. She's healed. 
sometimes we too must be willing to cut through the crowds, to break the rules and do what we know we need to do in order to have a connection with Christ. How can you push through? What do you need to do in order to cut through the crowds? What sacrifices might you be willing to take in order to have even the smallest encounter with Christ? This woman's act and the miraculous healing that comes, that's not even the best part. If we continue in 30 through 34, it says this, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What, what happened here? I mean, the woman was already healed, and Jesus knew who it was. He didn't need to be told. But you see, Jesus wanted more. He wanted more than just to heal the woman. He wanted more than just a barely touching his garment, a brush against his leg. He wanted to do more than simply free her. He wanted to see her. He wanted to look her in the eye. Jesus wanted to encounter this woman and say directly to her, my child, you are freed. With all our ability to cut through the white noise and how that benefits us, how that gives us peace, how that gives us a sense of, of we can actually meet God, we have to realize that God also craves to be with us. This pursuit of God is not one-sided. All the barriers that we put up between us and God are just that, our barriers. Because you see, God has come in the flesh to dwell amongst us, to be with us directly in real and authentic relationship with all of us, even those deepest, darkest secrets parts that we try to hide away. Christ sees that wants that and wants to encounter. Jesus wants to encounter you. What noise is keeping you from hearing that? What crowds of people are distracting you and putting this distance between you and the God who comes after you relentlessly, chasing after you, wanting a real and authentic relationship fully and completely to heal you and free you and offer you a whole new life. Every week here, we have the opportunity to participate in Holy Communion, to come to this table where we remember and recognize who Jesus Christ really is, 
and that Jesus was willing to give of his body and his blood so that there would be nothing between us. No barriers, no distractions, no crowds, no what-ifs, nothing. That in that we would be redeemed and offered a real new life, a life in communion, in connection and relationship directly with our God through Jesus Christ. I pray as you come forward that you take the opportunity to remember that, to know that, to let this be much more than just a ritual or something that we do for it to have real meaning of who this God is and who Jesus Christ represents in giving fully of himself so that we could fully know him and be in full, real relationship with the God who is relentlessly chasing to encounter us. Let's pray. Gracious and loving and good, good God, we come again just humbled and in awe of who you are. Your willingness to not only give us life and to provide us with all we need, to direct us and to guide us, but more so, Lord, to be in connection with us, that you would invite us to come so close and that yet even while we turn away, even while we fill our minds and our life with so many things in between us, Lord, that you cut through, that you chase after us, that you relentlessly pursue us, Lord, and that there's nothing we can do to hide or get away from your amazing love, your love that says we are accepted, that we are freed, and that we are made whole in you. In Christ, it is this truth that we hold on to. And for this, we praise you. Amen. Thank you.